0: This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. Value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. The U.S.-China trade wars are on sharply in focus, as they have been for quite a number of months. In fact, it's been over a year now. With me is Philip Saunders, the head of multi-asset growth at Investec Asset Management in London. And I think the sharp focus this week, Philip, has been the depreciation of the renminbi. Was it organised? Do you think was it something that was a natural market force? What do you think?
1: Well, I think that um, the Chinese have been. I mean, it's a sort of, if you like, a sort of managed currency. They have significant reserves, uh, and I think they've been deliberately supporting the Renimbi during this period of, you know, in which they basically been engaging in trade negotiations. Um, and I think that on that particular day, they stepped back from it, and the renimbi depreciated somewhat. And it was designed to send send a signal, and and that was that. Uh, you know, effectively that together with the um, what they announced in terms of uh, uh, restricting agricultural goods imports from the U.S. in response to Trump's latest tariff uh, announcement. Um, and uh, so, you know, effectively, it, it pretty much indicates that uh, they're now less concerned to actually support the Burundi at a level at which basically um, it's probably not quite entirely justified by economic conditions in China at the moment. Uh, And uh, and it duly depreciated. Now, uh, they have, uh, um, you know, basically it's sort of rallied today. Uh, But it was clearly meant to send a signal, and that was that uh, if they can't see a sensible result to the trade negotiations, uh, then why should they support the renminbi when... You know, actually, because of economic weakness in China, Uh, and its sort of current levels, it should probably be weaker at any rate.
0: A sensible conclusion to a trade war is something that we've been speaking about for a year now. And I can't believe that you and I are having a conversation about a trade war that was supposed to be a two to three month affair and everything would be fine. But now we're into uh, 12 months plus and suddenly it's becoming even more heated, even more rarefied. Do you think that this is a lose-lose situation for everybody? Do you think there's a chance of a breakthrough deal? Or do you think that this is now becoming something that is desperately serious for world trade. I mean, not just US-China trade, but world trade and the world economy.
1: Yes. Well, I think that, you know, we've seen obviously a pretty negative market reaction to this. And I think that was the correct uh, reaction to this because uh, we've always thought that this is going to be a long run thing. Um, There may be a sort of truces from time to time, but by and large, U.S. policy towards China has fundamentally changed. Um, it's supported on a bipartisan basis; this is not purely a sort of Trumpesque uh, initiative, um, and uh, and so therefore this particular show is going to run and run. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you know the main bone of contention really is sort of revolves around um technology and the sort of fight for technological dominance in key areas particularly those connected with uh, sort of military power um you know ai being a sort of key example there yes. so uh so policies change we're going to have a sort of a different relationship between China and the U.S., as opposed to, the, if you like, the Chimerica relationship that's prevailed uh, probably for the last 20 years or so. Uh, and this means that uh, there's going to be an unraveling of supply chains um, and, you know, increasing separation, whereas previously, um, actually, the U.S. and Chinese economies, economies are becoming highly integrated. Uh, so things are definitely changing. Um uh, the, um, um, the way Trump behaves, um, you know, is tending to, um, you know, is, it sort of appears from the outside to be fairly erratic. Uh, and hence we see, you know, periods when it looks as if uh, some kind of negotiated truce, at least, is going to be achieved in the more mainstream trade area. Uh, and then uh, I think what we've seen is Chinese intransigence has increased you know they're left, they're they're not prepared to be sort of pushed around to sort of simply be dictated to by uh, by the americans um, and uh, you've seen their position notably hardened so you know initially they were proving to be pretty accommodating um, um, and trying to reach an agreement. Uh, and I think that the sort of, you know, American negotiating stance basically has been pretty volatile. And and now I think that uh, um, they did get relatively close to some kind of deal. Uh, and then actually the sort of Chinese uh, were not prepared, you know, the sort of when it sort of got to President Xi. You know, it was basically a no. They were not prepared to accept uh, um, what the Americans were, uh, w- were demanding. So I think that we've got an on pass here. And I think political dynamic is, is changing in the US. Uh, we're already into an election campaign. Yes. Um, and, um, and, and, and Trump basically um, wants to appear to be tough in terms of, you know, facing up to China um and uh, and so therefore you know both sides have got less of an incentive unless markets really fall apart and we sort of you know end up heading into recession which we can't rule out uh then i think that basically the political uh, you know political dynamic in both countries is tending to mitigate against even a truce uh, being established uh and combine that with evidence of you know, basically weakening economies. Um, and um, that is, you know, not a particularly healthy situation for uh, markets, uh, you know, when equity markets basically pushed in the US, they pushed up to new highs recently. Um, I think that was sort of, you know, wrong. It was sort of response to uh, the possibility of an easier monetary policy being, you know, lower interest rates. Uh, um, I shift in uh, Fed policy um and um but but the underlying reality is about growth and concerns about growth Uh, and they're clearly not sufficiently discounted at the moment.
0: Simple question for you now. Is China a currency manipulator? I'm looking at it from the US point of view now. Are they manipulating the currency in response, and the only response they can have to the tariffs that are uh, currently being imposed, the extra tariffs being imposed on their goods? In other words, uh, 10% on $300 billion worth. Are they manipulating the renminbi?
1: Well, I mean, they are managing the level of the renminbi, um, but are they forcing it? Um, um, are, are they creating the conditions for um, uh, to create a very competitive renminbi? Um And, you know, the evidence seems to suggest that the renminbi uh, is not undervalued at the moment. Um, and so, therefore, that aspect of the accusation uh, made by the U.S. Treasury, you know, at the behest of President Trump... Um, you know is it doesn't really stand up to scrutiny. Uh so the way these things work is that I mean effectively it's a long old process, you know, effectively uh the case is taken to the IMF, the IMF review it and they uh and then they 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 can adjudicate. Um but that takes well over a year. So really this is you know this is politically motivated. You know this is uh, um trump signaling you know how strong he is relative to china in terms of negotiating stance uh, and u.s frustration with the fact that the chinese basically are hardening their position uh so it's about politics it's not really about sort of economics so yes uh the chinese currency um you know the, the capital account uh is is not open um and the level of the Chinese currency is managed against a, a, an undisclosed basket of currencies. It's, it used to be managed relative to the dollar. That changed a number of years ago. Um, and, um, but, but the idea that uh, the Chinese are pursuing policies to dramatically undervalue their currency in order to secure competitive advantage, I, I think, is, is, is just wrong. You could level that accusation in a number of other areas. Japan, for example, um, where the yen is materially undervalued, uh, and they pursued, obviously, an aggressive policy of QE, um, and indeed the euro, um, where the ECB basically has pursued a policy that has been... Directly focused on keeping the euro at sort of undervalued levels, even though the euro area continues to run a
0: material current account surplus. Let's look at it from the Chinese point of view now, Philip, and let's say that perhaps the United States are imposing tariffs in order to indulge themselves in a sort of sovereign, puerile competitiveness game, if you like.
1: Well, I mean, I, I think that. Um, that from a chinese perspective you know the chinese you know have um you know that they, they they have sort of pursued policies whereby they've been you know, they, they become a sort of the outsource manufacturer of choice for many U.S. companies. Yes. Um, and, you know, that's been historically on the basis of, uh, of uh, very low wages um, and, um, you know, excellent infrastructure um, and, you know, you know a, a sort of well-educated population, et cetera. And, uh, and that's been enormously to America's benefit. Um, and that's shown up in the profitability of many uh, American companies. And it's obviously been one of the factors that's been, if you like, driving uh, U.S. Um, equity outperformance relative to other markets, because you know this relationship has worked very favorably for the U.S. Uh, and the Chinese basically um, do a lot of effectively assembly work. So they basically run... Trade deficits with the likes of uh, Japan and Korea and, uh, uh, and Taiwan. Um, they assemble the kit uh, and they run a capital account, uh, a current account surplus with or trade surplus with uh, the likes of the US. Okay, uh, and uh, and they have sort of you know that that that's been in play. Um, the uh, Americans are now trying to unravel that. Yes, uh, and. Um, um, yet they've been the major beneficiaries of this for many years. So the American sort of propaganda really is that, uh, you know, China has behaved outrageously and runs an uns- you know unsustainable car- uh, trade surplus with America. Um, it's robbing America. Yes. Uh, and um, the Chinese have a very different view about that relationship. Now, it's very true in the area of key technologies uh, that the Chinese have been sort of pretty aggressive about uh, Trying to catch up um, and trying to buy and, in some cases, uh, um, um, steal, um, uh, you know, U.S. technology. Um, and but we've seen that uh, in many cases in the past, you know, the U.S. Um, did um, um, basically U.S. grew to prom- prominence on the base, on the back of um, European technology which it acquired. Um, by fair means or foul uh, at the end of the last century in the early part of this century so this has been going on for m- many years that, that 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 happened so the Chinese have been doing no different really but they might have been more efficient about it um, you know simply because of the role of the state and so forth so we've got a complete standoff now and um, and, and, and I think that this one is is um, uh, you know has the potential to run and run and that essentially is not particularly good for global growth. uh, And what's not good for global growth isn't actually particularly good for growth assets, particularly equities. You have
0: almost answered my last question, which is this going to run and run? Because again, I go back to something I said in my introduction, this has been running and running now for more than 12 months, we thought it would be over in two to three months. And it was just a little bit of a a sort of posturing standoff, if you like, between two superpowers. But now, suddenly, it's become something more meaningful. Do you think it will become more meaningful, very briefly? I mean,
1: I think that um, as it starts to have a material impact on markets, particularly the US equity market, I think that that might uh, force a uh, reconsideration, a softening of the US position. I think in order to actually achieve a truce, uh, we've got to see we, we've got to see give from the U.S. side rather than the Chinese side at this particular point in time. Now, whether or not we will get that, I think, is will depend on uh, market uh, you know market behaviour. Uh, and if the U.S. equity market is uncomfortably weak in a run-up to an election, uh, and the U.S. economy is also weak, uh, then uh, I think that uh, that might become the overriding factor. But at the moment, basically the trump team's sort of calculus is that the us economy is strong the chinese economy is weak um and that um, and that continuing uh, to uh, to behave in this particular way combative way uh, is uh, you know that the chinese will 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 give in first um looked at from the other perspective you know, I think the Americans underestimate the strength of the Chinese economy and the resilience of the Chinese people. Um, you know, particularly when it comes to things like uh, um, the nature of their economy, yes, uh, and uh, how they seek to run their economy. Um, whereas the Americans want them to sort of privatize and the sort of state's role to reduce significantly um, that's not the way the Chinese want to do things um, and they regard that as their sort of sovereign right to behave in that particular way. So um, I think it's you know fundamentally going to be about um, politics and obviously bad equity markets and bad economies are pretty bad for electoral prospects. And I think Trump is sensitive to this, uh, which is why ultimately I think the US policy will uh, will potentially change. Um, you know, but that might take, you know, another six months or so. However, uh, one thing remains, and that is that in the area of the technological standoff, you know, even if some kind of uh, truce is patched up over, say, the next sort of six-month period, the face-off on the technological front... Uh, is um, is likely to remain, you know, in place for years, and um, and that's that's what, that that is fundamentally
0: different. It's a fascinating six months and beyond, probably, that we face now. Philip Saunders is the head of multi-asset growth at Investec Asset Management in London. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider.